Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks. It's another WP Tonic Roundtable show this week in WordPress and Tech. It's episode 724. I've got an interesting panel. We've got some excellent stories. I think it's going to be a superb show. Please join us also live. You can watch it live on the WP Tonic YouTube channel. And if you give us comments, I publish them live during the show and um, you can be part of the show as well. What fun. What more could you ask for? I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves. Guests first. A friend of the show, always welcome. Got Vito in the house. Vito, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure. My name is Vito. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Adorin.io, where we help uh, agencies and digital teams to collaborate visually and uh, systemize their workflow to save a lot of time and free up profits. Yeah, that's great. It's a great product. Got st- another friend, another friend of the show, Stephen. Stephen, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yeah, Stephen Satter from Hustlefish.com. Got a friend, a bear plodder, uh, plodder. Um, Spence, Spence, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? It's Spence. From WPLaunchify.com. I've got my friend John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from Lockdown SEO. Like I say, we've got some great stories. Um, before you, we go into it, I've got a couple great messages from some major sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis. With free staging, migrations, and on the pro plans, malware scanning, and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself. You seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. I just want to point out, um, I've got some great special offers from the sponsors. Um, I've got some great reviews, list of products, services that are useful if you're a WordPress junkie. You can get all these goodies by going over to WPTonic slash recommendations, and they're all there for you. Um, So let's go straight into it. yeah, um, WP Optimize denies allegations of creating a performance tool. It's been a major story on the tavern. I just want to frame it to your tribe before I hand it over to the panel. Um, there was an allegation made 
by a competitor to WP Optimize, a so uh, individual like that. I think says he's a, a speed optimized junkie or expert. Um, he pointed out some things that WP Optimize does. It seems to be linked to um, some choices you can make in WP Optimize. There was there's been a lot of back and forth on on the tavern uh, in the comment section. It got pretty ugly pretty quick. Um, so Spence, what did you make of all this drama? Well, there, there's a couple of things that I thought was interesting. First of all, it's too bad Andrew's, uh, on his back. He hurt his back this yeah, week. I hope he's, he's not, feeling better. Yeah, so, I do as well. He's but not well. Andrew was involved in this to some degree. The layman's version of it is that there was some allegation that one of the, you know, one of the plugins, Updraft Plus, was touting its speed benefits, but that in reality, its testing was artificially skewing the results because it was not in queuing a whole lot of JavaScript, which is sort of like saying our car will carry 20 children and then having cardboard cutouts or something of the kids. So the Tavern first published one article saying, oh my, look how naughty this is. And then somebody else came in who gave their opinion that was a competitor. And then it started to get really weird because then it turns out that maybe the facts weren't really as sad. And then Andrew got involved. But here's my like personal takeaway on all this. Um, we're entering into the phase of caveat emptor, which is a fancy legal word for buyer beware. At the same time, these are open source plugins. So with so many choices... And so many people competing, unfortunately, in an overlap space. I think everybody should just be eyes wide open whenever they're using anything claiming to do something amazing. Just do it yourself. Try it yourself. See if it gets what you want. But don't, don't take anybody's word for it anymore. Because the thing I want to drag into this and then leave it to everyone else is that Paul Charlton uh, last week in, in response to some conversations in the Dynamic WordPress group did an interview with Vova Feldman, who I think is a, a fine Israeli entrepreneur, a pal. I do not like the way his product works. I've said to his face, I don't like it because I think it is doing too many things not in the clear. He answered questions, but then he kind of, in my opinion, stuck his foot in his mouth a little because he claimed like, we don't collect IP addresses. And then somebody brought up, here's the section of code with your signature on it that actually collects the IP address. So my feeling is software authors and companies need to be completely honest and transparent. Why am I doing this? Why am I taking it? And if you have a good reason to market with it, just be transparent. Say, it's because we want to hit people up later. But don't pretend like it's doing one thing and then do another because that always bites everybody in the ass. Just like the, you know, remember the guy who took over the free plugin with the avatars and then, you know, pretended he was doing one thing, but got, nobody is that stupid anymore. So, you know, that's the end of my conversation. Yeah, Stephen, um, what I gathered from it, Stephen, was that there's an option screen and I'm not sure if this particular option is chosen automatically or you have to select it. I didn't read delve into it that deep but there seems to be an option screen and the plug-in and the head of the company said well you got this choice what puzzled me 
is why you would give that choice. Is there a legitimate reason, Stephen, to have that choice as an option anyway in this plugin? Um, yeah, sure. I, I think there's a legitimate reason. I mean, it's based on opinion, whether you think it's a good thing to have or not. I'm sure like the idea of ex- they were trying to make the case that the idea of excluding plugins from a speed optimization test allows you to understand what the true implication of or the scripts, what the true implication of the weight of the scripts were going to be when it loaded your site. I, I don't think I would, that's something that I'm not super interested in knowing, uh, off the top. Like if I was doing a speed optimization, optimization thing, but I could see somebody using that as a very valid workflow to find out what our scripts doing, how much load is put on the site. Um, it was, it was super interesting to follow along. I was hanging out with some friends and my, uh, Twitter was just blowing up. And uh, it was it was hard to keep on top of what was going on. But after the dust settled, um, like you were saying, Jonathan, you it's it's an option that has to be enabled, and there are some wording aspects of it that are confusing. Now, I the the accusation that WP Optimize was trying to deliberately scam people, I think, is a little bit hard to say because. If you're trying to hide this and you're trying to scam people and there's better ways to to hide it and there's better ways to make it so nobody would find it or figure it out. Um, They didn't do a great job covering their tracks. And if someone doesn't do a good job covering their tracks, you know, like, did they actually try to or was it just like a, I don't know, they just got caught up in the in the firestorm of everything. Now, I will say, I think WP Optimize, I've used it a couple of times, uh, is confusing um, just from an op, from like as you're trying to set up your optimization on your site, and so I get why people were confused and why it didn't make sense. Um, I think other parts of their entire plugin is a little bit confusing on how some things are worded and stated. Uh, but ultimately, like I think it's just a misunderstanding, and um, I think the part that really made me frustrated was how uh, the accusations were made and how everything was handled. Like I think there's a better way to go about saying, hey. I think what you're doing is not a great thing. Like you might want to look into it. You don't have to just fire blast Twitter, um, making statements that are somewhat true. They're not wrong. Uh, they're not hundred percent right either. Um, and it just kind of leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. I think. So Vito, one aspect of this that I found interesting was why, why it blew up to such an extent, why it has dominated Twitter, you know, the WordPress bubble, the Twitter, the tavern, um, the back and forth on the comments was endless. This, There was two individuals that were commentating and it went on and on, as it does when something explodes on the tavern. I was also interested on why the tavern, which is normally recently, and this is my framing, has become quite conservative about the stories, why it chose to give this story such um, prevalence. Um, That's what interests you. Got any thoughts about that and and also what Stephen's remarks? So, first of all, from why this is kind of uh, taking off, I think that there's um, a... Not really large parts of the community, but pretty loud parts of the community that are kind of easily triggered by these type of things. Uh, and so um, 
um, so uh, uh, Spence was talking about uh, the Vova interview from uh, from last week, which I watched it as well. And I know Vova personally. I know everyone involved personally, David and uh, Paul as well. And um, they're all good guys, but it kind of like, you know, they were kind of trying to pull something out that wasn't really here. It wasn't really there, in my opinion. Um, you know, there was a skip button and the, just click the skip, but they kept pushing and all those kind of things. And it felt like this thing was kind of under the same point where people are finding something that might, that, Probably was done uh, with, you know, like uh, like uh, uh, Stephen was saying, wasn't really intentional or n- nothing was. I don't think anyone was like, "I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it on purpose, and I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna give them the, this hidden one toggle thing in the advanced uh, uh, settings screen, uh, which is gonna make my plugin better than anyone else." If only people will find it, you know. Uh, so, uh, so there's probably if they wanted, like you yeah. Say, but why do you um, why do you think the tavern? I know you, you, right. you can't so you can't read people. Those, um, you, you can't um, read people's minds. So I'm probably asking the impossible. I'm just asking you. Yeah. You might be asking the wrong person. I mean, ask the tavern uh, uh, what uh, why they decided to uh, uh, to do it. Why don't we ask why there's only one person running for the tavern? Because when Justin left, they put out a job application. I applied and I talked to Sarah and we all know it's Aubrey Capital and we all know that, you know, everything is decided by one person, Matt. Me, my joke aside, which I would have gladly written for them because I write for other people, they wouldn't hire me with a 10-foot pole. But why hasn't some normal person been hired instead of Sarah. Like, they have the in money. In addition to Sarah, one supposes. Well, I don't mean instead of, sorry. Because Sarah's tremendous. She's been around forever. But I'm saying her and Justin, there's two people. There used to be three or four people, I believe, at least. But why is there nobody else writing for the tavern, the official rag of Automatic? It seems odd, doesn't it? Yeah, so um, obviously no, that was, obviously Sally's voice. Sally has joined us. Um, so, Sally, what, what's your... Well, it, lo- it looks like uh, it, it, what we had was a case of uh, sloppiness. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to add this other plugin onto our previous plugin, which was perfectly useful for the thing that one was using it for before, and now suddenly has all these extra features that I don't even want. Uh, and we're just going to like, you know, the plugin had this other plugin had been out there it had been in use we're just going to slap it on there and assume it's okay and they you know something something got overlooked and uh you know nothing pisses me off more than being accused of malice when the case is one of incompetence there are lots of things that i overlook that i screw up that i but it's almost never deliberate and and it you know, it annoys me if people think it's deliberate. And, uh, you know, what happened was there was a lot of very uh, uh, hostile uh, uh, messaging uh, uh, that, you know, even I, in the midst of being very <clears throat> distracted from the social, it seemed like every time I turned on Twitter, mm. uh, 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 I saw like scandal <clears throat> about WP Optimize cheating uh, core web vitals. And, um, it, you know, 
when there's a problem with software, usually what you do is go and report it to the developer and say, hey, I noticed mm. this issue just as we've got a, an official channel to disclose vulnerabilities so that you don't start advertising. Well, well it wasn't. I see where you're coming from, but it was it, it wasn't a vulnerability, was it? It was a it was a decision. Well, in this, in this, well, in this case, I think maybe it was a lack of decision based on what the the developer of the original plugin said that it didn't do this thing, you know, without you knowing it. It it did it, but uh, you know, I don't know who was working on these that specific area of code or whether they changed it much at all. Apparently they, they didn't too much, but uh, <clears throat> it's uh, <clears throat> just, um, uh, uh, you know, they messed up and they could have, uh, and I think they pretty much said, Oh yes, it looks like there's, there's this thing in here, but of course you get people's backs up and then they start, digging in yeah they do i just don't think it was handled i understand but no i don't i don't think it was you know i think a lot more fuss was made than was necessary yeah. and so I if, go, if you really were concerned with the issue being the plugin uh and doing something wrong i i think you would approach it in a way where you just the aim was to get it fixed not right. the aim was to smear it yeah sure so john John, I just want to put to this show is a bit edgy. Um, I kind of sometimes push the limits. The language can get a bit fruity. That mostly comes from me occasionally when I have a rant, and I and I push it. This this really kind of blew my mind that the tavern they allowed it. You know, they promoted somebody that I've never heard of. I've never heard of the guy. Never heard of his plugin. He's he's and, pretty he's pretty big in the optimized space. Like he? if you're right. if you if you follow like what's going on in like WordPress optimization, he's he's around a lot. Right, thanks for that, Stephen. But I haven't kind of heard him because you've got all these different areas, haven't you? Um, and they made a really through his allegation, they allowed it on the tavern, and they just went for it, and they. They, well, I considered it was slander myself. Um, I would not be happy with the tavern if I'll be after them. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, like Sally said, this is being pushed out to every WordPress dashboard in the world. So all they're reading is WP Optimize denies allegations of cheating. <laughs> I mean, how else are people supposed to take that? They read the headline and, uh, you know, like I said, you know, I, I, and I understand that Sarah's doing the best she can. She's one person. And by the way, I, I'm looking forward to when WP Tavern hires a, somebody else to write. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have, this seems like it was kind of a, a little bit of a clickbaity title. And you're trying to, like, take down people's jobs. Oh, by the way, too, like, I, I saw this, something similar happen in another um, forum that I was in, somebody trying to ruin uh, a developer's job. 
by accusing them of, of something shady. Yeah, but the thing, yeah. I'll tell you what, Stephen, you know, thanks for that, Stephen, but it is a competitor. It's somebody that's got a, a direct competitor to to where they're making allegations to a direct competitor. You've got to balance things, haven't you? I I think, like, this whole story got caught up because of the context of the people that were, or what lens it was viewed through, right? Like, you're a competitor, you find somebody else's plugin because somebody probably was like, hey, I use this plugin and it way outperforms yours. So you're like, oh, shoot, I need to figure out what they're doing. You look into it and you say, oh, my goodness, they're cheating, like, I feel like that's a very natural thing to, like, think. Now, if it was a third party who had no invested interest in it and was just reviewing plugins to review it, I think the natural, like, thing that you would assume is that, like, this is confusing. This doesn't make sense. Why is it happening this way? And then you would report it as, you know, this setting does something unexpected and does this. Or, like, it's confusing how this is worded watch out for this, something like that. And so I think it's that context and that lens that all parties came through. And because the narrative got set off with their cheating, it blows up. It becomes that, that becomes the story, um, which is unfortunate, but I mean, it's, it's how, it's how it happened. Yeah. Thanks for that, Stephen. All right, then I think we go on to story two. Oh, another, um, how Twitter child porn problem ruined its plans for OnlyFans competitor. This is from The Verge. Um, so, John, um, I think just to frame it, John, why I found this very long article, and some of The Verges are very long, John. Um, but I did spend even I did spend a bit of time reading it. Um, what I found really interesting was that I think a lot of online, Google, Twitter, Facebook, they want the benefits of being a publisher, but they don't want the consequences and the costs of being a publisher. So they want all the benefits that it gets, and it, it and those benefits have been tons of money, but they, but they don't want any of the consequences of being a publisher. What do you think, John? Yeah, so it's interesting too. And um, when reference when referencing this, I think it's important that we say that these are uh, child sexual images and not child prong because it's there's no consent given here. These are young people that are being exploited against their will. Um, but the whole thing with the social media, like not having content moderation. Yeah, that that's a big problem. Um, I didn't realize that there, there is this problem on this platform. Um, I, I think it's kind of public knowledge that, that with the demise of Tumblr, a lot of those people, uh, came over to Twitter uh, when Yahoo bought Tumblr. A lot of legitimate sex workers came over there. I didn't realize there was this type of problem. Um, but a lot of these platforms have been criticized for their lack of moderation. Twitter, especially in the past, has been criticized for hateful content, uh, 
you know, from hate groups, neo-Nazis, stuff like that. Uh, apparently there's um, images of, of exploited children in, in sexualized images as well, which is, it's, it's the lowest thing um, in society. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, they save costs by not having human moderation um, or so, something that catches well, I think I think they're they're between a rock and a hard place. It's just they can't make the money. It's, it just wouldn't. It would bankrupt them. But they still, and it's a kind of it's just a consequence of going of building something like this. They want technology to able to save their business model, but it's not really there. Yet they can't really moderate. They can't really do what they need to do because it would make they it, they look at the figures and they've done they've done the math, and it doesn't work. The whole business model doesn't work. Or do you think I'm wrong about that, John? Well, I, I know before, like definitely over the last six years, uh, they allowed a lot of bot traffic. Um, that specifically when the election was happening. And, and all that uh, to influence our monthly average user numbers uh, because that was the first time they turned a profit was when the 2016 election was happening. Um, so th- there is some type of um, number skewing there that's happening. Twitter's never going to be as big as Facebook. It's never going to be as big as Instagram. Uh, when Jack Dorsey left, he said that his successor uh, would raise the monthly average users uh, by so much they'd get, you know, like a hundred thousand more uh, MAUs or a, or a million or a hundred million or whatever it is. Yeah. All yeah, right. It, Fair. Yeah. I just want to bring um, Spencer in. So I think it's similar, Spencer, to when forums were really popular. If you had to employ all the moderators, it wouldn't make it, so they had volunteers. They had some that were partially paid. Some were just volunteers. They normally had super uh, moderators or admins that were paid. Uh, you could probably look at a similar a bounty system. I think there's some ways you could improve it. But or is it or is it or am I right? The actual business model. It, that's that was the area that really interested me about the article, Spencer. What do you think? Or was there another aspect that you thought was more interesting? So before I was involved in WordPress, I cut my teeth on social networks. <clears throat> and this was in the early days. I, I've talked about the Ning story and everything else. And that was before Facebook had traction and even YouTube. I mean, this is before 2006. And the one thing that I started out in the WordPress space being is an expert in what people do in a social networking environment, including in the thing we did on Ning, Widget Laboratory, of the 12,500 paying customers we got in a freemium space, 12,499 of them were interested in porn or dating-related stuff. So the nature of a business has to, in my opinion, be either adult or not adult. You cannot mix a space that's like been political and all kinds of, you know, personal outrage, but also obviously has children somewhere in the conversation. You can't mix that with something like a Pornhub or OnlyFans environment. 
At the same time, I'm kind of confused because while they're futzing around with the idea, let's turn this into an OnlyFans porn site and stuff like that. Why didn't they just go back to that idea we talked about 12 months ago, which was how about if you're a public figure, you pay like $10,000 a month yeah. or something? Because it's so clear to me that would make them a billion dollars a year just from that alone. Like all these politicians would take all of their donated money. So that's my takeaway. There's no way possible, it's been proven again and again, to moderate out pornography. You cannot do that. It's either a porn site or it's not a porn site. Yeah. And if you've got something else to make money on, like, why are they wasting time? By the way, Jason Calcanis, I heard on his show, you might have, I know you're a fan of that, Jonathan. They were talking about oh, this. I have so, I, sorry to interrupt. I have such mixed feelings about him. I've cut okay. back my consumption of his material um, <laughs> well, quite a bit because... I, I, I don't know Jason uh, in a personal level other than back in the days that I was referring to. Jason was uh, one of the judges at one of the TechCrunch things I was involved with. So I got the chance to speak to him. And anyway, him and his partner were talking about this Twitter spaces, which is Twitter's idea to try to compete with what the heck was that thing with the you, everybody Club, talking? Clubhouse. Clubhouse. And he actually, I thought, had a really good idea on this which was Clubhouse is, in my opinion, a complete fail. It was a great idea, but then everybody realized, oh, I got to sit there and listen to a bunch of yucca pucks for 10 hours. <laughs> what his idea was, was that instead, just like we're talking about, if you take Twitter and you allow somebody who's a public figure to actually link to their stuff at the top of Twitter, instead of having to play games in the bio section, which you have to do now, if you could be like, I'm Spence. Here's my podcast. Here's my paid stuff. Here's my. I would pay a premium for making Twitter the source of truth for people to go to. And again, such an obvious idea. But why these people at Twitter don't know how to monetize their own product is beyond me. Yeah, with Jason, he's very insightful, and I have learned a lot from him. But it's, but it's all the additional baggage, all his political and his. He's VC Listen, you got to understand, Jason Calcanis has been in bed with everybody from Silicon Valley forever, including guys, you know, like, yeah. you know, Michael Arrington, who started TechCrunch. If you think that that guy is not is going to change his stripes, I mean, you're just he's a leopard all day long. So in, in the same sense of this and that, he'll say, oh, I threw down $250,000 at lunch and I only made back $800,000. What a bad day for me. It's like you can't have a normal conversation with somebody in that space. But as far as understanding the marketplace, I do think he has a real bridge between the VC people yeah. he hangs out with and like what they yeah, use the products for. So Vito, um, so um, there's my bit, my framing, and then um, Spencer had a good insight about. So really, I think it really the other part of it really shows that the management of Twitter were totally lost, absolutely lost. What do you think, Vito? So I, I remember when I was on this show and Clubhouse was starting to come out and we were talking about Twitter should do it. And then they came out with a spaces uh, kind of a thing. And um, and then I, I even remember I remember mentioning they should also do the OnlyFans thing um, because um, I think that's a good fit 
for this platform. Oh, you and, do? You don't, You disagree yeah. with Spencer that you I really... I think that's a good fit for it. So, like, oh, you know, right. there, there is... I, I agree. When it comes to the allegations here, child porn, I don't know anything about that, and I don't want to get, it, get nah, any, nah. anything close to that, you know? Um, but um, but when it comes to Twitter itself, there's already loads of uh, of nudity and porn on, on that platform, and there's already a bunch of uh, OnlyFans... Um, uh, um, influencers, I think, that are uh, that are on there driving traffic out to OnlyFans, which Twitter can obviously see because people click the button, they can see outgoing links and all of those kind of things. Uh, so, um, yeah, why not bring it in? I think. Yeah, well, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it, right, Stephen. Um, I actually I disagree with Vito, and I agree with more than I agree with Spencer. I don't think you can. Sure, the donkey, ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, if, if, if you go back to the article, they're talking about like uh, Twitter can't keep illegal things off of their platform. Uh, there are other people who struggle keep, with keeping illegal things out of the, the, their platform, and the similarity between every platform that struggles with this and every platform that does not is because the users are anonymous. Anonymous yeah. users always yeah. breed people who will do yeah. bad things. It also allows for people to do some really good things because the the user is anonymous. So like you go to a foreign country where, you know, there's some coup that's happening or whatever and knowing who somebody actually was would be a very dangerous thing for reporters and such. Um, but the interesting thing that I think this article did not touch on is as soon, at least in the United States, I don't know about other countries, but as soon as you tie monetary things to a user, you now have an ID. And that's why OnlyFans does not have this problem because they're transacting money. They find somebody that's doing something bad and now they have a way and a trail to hunt them down. Twitter currently has no way to do this. So if they would go down the OnlyFans route and say, if you're going to post uh, nude content, you have to link a financial institution to your profile then you could go and hunt down the bad people and put them in jail or do whatever. Uh, it, it would solve this problem of anonymous users that are posting things. Then you could just say, if anybody posts a new pic, nude picture, there's great algorithms for figuring this out. There's tor- terrible algorithms for figuring out the age of people. So if you could just say, if you post this, you don't have a financial institution linked to your account, you can't post it. By the um, way, that was, I just want a high five Steven, oh, high five. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Down. Okay. That was that was something I wish I had thought of because that really is the nature of the problem of something we've discussed here before and over and over again. Twitter allows trolling because you get all these people with pseudonyms saying all this bullshit provocative stuff and I can set up a Twitter account in two seconds and then another account and another account and another account. OnlyFans, to my knowledge, and this is telling, because I have browsed a lot of adult websites in my day. I have not actually gone to OnlyFans simply because I'm pretty sure you need to put a credit card in in order to gain access to something, even curiously. And you certainly have to register. It's not like the kind of process. So I think that's actually a model for non-pornographic sites. It's like you can really clean up a lot of action just by saying everybody has to have a legit bank account, and if it's no yeah. longer legit, yeah, you're but, yeah, I do so sadly. That, Isn't that what Bitcoin is for? 
Yeah, but sadly, <laughs> there seems to be there's there, there seems to have been three areas that the panel brought up, Sally. There's the original framing for me about a problem with moderation and actually it bank these platforms want it both ways. They want to be a publisher, but they don't want the costs or the consequences of being a publisher. Then you've got what Spencer said, you can't really mix the two together. But and then you've got Stephen. But the problem with insisting that people have a bank account is the other side of what Stephen pointed out is that these people would be identified. And that has, in certain countries, that would have consequences. So what's your thought, final thought about this? Uh, well, I'm still wondering why Twitter wanted to be OnlyFans. Uh, 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 but then again, we all know Twitter has not figured out what it wants to be when it grows up. So I question the, the notion that they might, in fact, have a business model. Uh, but, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, Stephen makes a very good point that it would be cleaned up. Like, you know, I had uh, a site with a forum that never got any spam because it was a form that required payment. Uh, and uh, 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 no, nobody spams a payment form. Uh, uh, no. So, uh, yes, it would solve one problem uh, and it would create uh, others uh, uh, because, um, you know, there are a lot of people in the U.S. who don't have bank accounts, never mind anywhere else. Um, and it, you know, the, uh, these things seem shocking to those of us who grew up in middle-class white America, but, uh, it's true. Uh, and there are, as, uh, as several people have pointed out, uh, many people in, in countries where, uh, you know, their communication is, uh, closely supervised by the government and that they could be putting themselves at risk or their families at risk or, uh, the people interacting with them at risk uh, because... Uh, yeah, so, Sally, I think you probably can get around this. You know, you just have certain feeds that, you know, you can choose an open feed where the people are anonymous, but then you can choose... And then you could you can choose only feeds that the people, you know... That I would imagine there's ways that you could do this. Well, or, am I, or am I wrong, Sally? Well, I think there are ways that you could do it. They, they, you're not necessarily going to square the circle. Um, so, uh, you know, moderation of uh, sites where anonymity is, is, is uh, accepted is hard. Uh, and the automated tools are not subtle enough uh, to tell the difference um, between, you know, a woman nursing an infant and uh, a, a, a pornographic image. <laughs> and <clears throat> uh, it, it's, it, it, you know, it's always been hard. I mean, I've been on the internet since 1985. Uh, and, uh, you know, Trolls and flaming and this and that has happened since the dawn of time because people are like that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure uh, that, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was even worse than anything that I saw. 
uh, I mean, just using a handle that sounded remotely female uh, was enough to uh, to get a person mobbed uh, uh, back in those days. So, uh, you know, it's not an easy problem. No, but no, it's I a didn't. problem that Twitter could deal with better if they had a determined plan and, and put yeah. resources. I think, you're, I think you're right. I just sense they never did. They wanted to do both ways. Well, but well, there you go. I, don't understand. I don't understand. There's a good comment here that says, and this is true, but I don't know if that's really the point, is that, like, for example, two women who were ridiculously, I mean, it's hard to even conceive, jailed for 30 years for posting on social media. See, there are certain countries around the world, obviously, that... China and the Middle East and Eastern Europe in some cases, they don't allow for normal discourse. But that's not really the point. The point is, if somebody is at risk of those kinds of things, that is like a completely separate conversation from the majority of the Western and certainly the United States users, where we're really dealing with a problem of anonymity versus being identified as you. I think that's what this comes down to is if they want to make money as a platform, they could have two types of users. They could have anonymous users and verified users with credit cards or public figures who pay money. And it would still achieve the goal because if somebody wanted to anonymously post, they could still put something out. But then everyone else can kind of go, yeah, well, I'll give that a grain of salt because that's an anonymous user, right? And if the person in a country that's dangerous has access to friends in the West, Maybe they need to be telling their friends in the West to pay for an account or put a credit card up and post through that means so that they don't get identified. It would actually be a proxy mechanism. But either way, it just can't really continue. Well, with the and then so could anybody else do that. And I mean, we see the bots and the trolls and the automated you know, responses, but that's the point because nobody understands. Get back to the main solution, which is moderation, okay? You could do... If you don't have a legit bank account, who we know you are, you're gone. We could do, you have a legitimate bank account and you do a naughty thing and we we give you a yellow card. We charge you $100 every naughty thing. And if you've had two yellow cards, we give you a red card. We charge you $1,000. Yeah, so, so basically and, Twitter's going to set up a swear jar. I'm saying you penalize people like in a, in a football match based upon the fact that you have their card. And if they complain, you're like, fine, get the F off of our platform. Because that's a way to control people's behavior with their wallet. And yeah, at the same yeah. time, it's a validity mechanism. For right. Um, we're doing for time. Um, right. We need to go for our break. We're going for our break. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Build next-generation WordPress forms with WS Form, the only fully responsive, no-code form plugin. Choose from over 60 feature-rich field types, conditional logic, repeaters, calculations, and more than 65 integrations to build intuitive, accessible forms. Upgrade your form plugin today at wsform.com. Use coupon code WPTONIC for 20% off any WS Form edition. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, 
custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. Tribe, are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business? Head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to. Use code WPTONIC for a special discount just for the tribe. With FocusWP, you don't have to worry about hiring, firing, or any other HR nightmares. Just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in. Focus on what you love, outsource the rest. We're coming back. I think we had some good discussion from the panel. Vito's nodding off, but there we go. Uh, um, so uh, he always does, but he always comes back. Uh, um, before we go into the other stories, and hopefully they will be more interesting for Vito, uh, um, <laughs> I always tease him. Um, I just want to say I do a great newsletter. I write editorial. I try and be um, reflect on some of the stories that we discussed particularly one and i add some extra to it i don't know how successful i have i've been getting some good response that some people say they've enjoyed my editorials i'm god smacked but thank you for those kind words you can sign up for it and it's free by going to wp tonic slash newsletter and you'll be able to sign up there so let's go into story three Yes, my WooCommerce and Spotify speed run. I found this slightly depressing in some ways, but I'm honest. So who to choose? Let's choose Stephen. Um, what did you find? What did, was some of the main thing you learned from this particular article? And it's from the editor of Master WP, who are friends of the show. What did you make of it? Yeah, this article is very real. Uh, we work with a lot of agencies and help them like build out WordPress sites or sometimes custom apps. Um, we don't get into uh, Shopify that much, but uh, it is very hard to make an argument for a small site that doesn't have a ginormous budget to go the Shopify route. And then it's an even harder argument to Oh, make- sorry, did, did you mean WooCommerce or Shopify? Uh, Shopify. It's hard to. It's. it's well, I mean, it's. Let me let me rephrase. It's hard to convince an agency who has a customer that has a lot of budget to go the WooCommerce route because it's better to build something custom than WooCommerce. If you have a really small budget, it's really hard to go the WooCommerce route because it's really hard to get exactly what you want um, as fast as you can get on the Shopify route. There's a there's a sliver of people who are capable of doing a lot of stuff themselves and want to tinker around that WooCommerce is awesome for. But outside of that spectrum, on either side, it's really hard not to say Shopify is 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 a better platform overall. We still push people into WooCommerce because we don't do Shopify. So we're like, hey, like if you want us to do the work, we can build this awesome thing on WooCommerce for you and we'll help and facilitate everything for you guys. Um, so we still push people in that direction. But like this article, I think, hits at a really hard point right now is how do you how do you convince somebody who is not a developer to spend the money to build a WooCommerce site versus get amazing stuff out of the box from a Shopify so, I don't so, know. so Spencer, I found this article in some ways deeply depressing um, because, well, yeah, I did a little bit because 
Because I'm kind of some people frame me as a as an attack of automatic of attack of this and that, <laughs> and I'm not. I, I feel that's very unfair to me. But um, I just see. I just I found it a bit depressing, Spencer, because I just saw so much opportunity, and it's not been seen or something I, I, the whole thing puzzles me so what's your insight Spencer you're upset or depressed that WooCommerce doesn't seem easier yeah you know why they you know why I, I, I think that no, uh, depressed that nobody has taken the trouble in all this time that Automatic has owned WooCommerce to make it into something easier now yes. it has improved the onboarding yeah, experience yes. in WooCommerce has mm. improved but Definitely not to the point where it's, you know, uh, a, a, a few quick st- steps to set up. I mean, many years ago, iThemes came out with a, a tool called Exchange. It launched sort of just after WooCommerce, I think. And it was dead easy to set up. It was great in that respect. However, uh, WooCommerce ate its lunch and it eventually kind of disappeared. Uh, and, uh, you know, Woo can do a lot of powerful, highly customized things. But uh, if you are somebody setting up a store with two or three products and it's very simple and you don't need to add a lot of custom features, um, you know, you're going to enjoy the experience of Shopify a whole lot more. Yeah. I Okay. So Sally's points are well, well said and true. But I'll, I'll come to the conclusion that being focused primarily on WooCommerce, for sure, for the last five years as my primary livelihood and expertise, marketing automation, e-commerce, yeah. sales funnels, and so forth. Here's the reality <clears throat> that we live in. And there's a comment about that a reference in the article. And I did speak to Rob about his shop, and I suggested some other ways of doing things because he ended up with a, a solution, which is perfectly fine, but an example of my point. There's only two types of customers, two types of WordPress people, tinkerers and real business owners. And the difference between them is very subtle, but it has to do with the seriousness of how much money and time they're willing to commit to achieving the result. The problem of WooCommerce is that Mike Jolly and his team have made an incredible Lego block product that has infinite amounts of of snap-ons, which makes it so important to my business. But that very same thing encourages tinkerers. And then people are really surprised, sort of like if you went to the mall at Christmas time, they used to have like a 40-foot Santa made out of 100,000 Lego blocks. Well, a kit of five Lego blocks is simple, but how did they ever build 100,000 Lego blocks? somebody with a lot of experience. And when you start out with WooCommerce, it seems so seductive and easy. But then when you get into the details of how many configurations and options and add-ons and everything else, people get overwhelmed. Whereas Shopify solves that problem by giving you almost no choices. In other words, you Yeah, you're so... I'm sorry to interrupt you. You're so right about that. That's the second time I've I've been really nice. I know this is a remarkable. We should. But you're so. It's like well, it is being recorded, so you just need to record. (laughs) You you just okay, but you're so. so It's like it's like darkness and light. But what we need is something in the middle, don't we? Okay, but let me finish the point. 
So yeah. what I have found, which is part of my 2022, 2023, like 16 years overnight success, it just occurred to me after 16 years and 150,000 interactions, is that if we viewed people in WordPress fairly as tinkerers or real business owners, the real business owners absolutely are better with WooCommerce, but by consulting with somebody who has a, an, an, an up-to-date plan of attack or action based upon the real state of WordPress and WooCommerce. And the reason that that's easier for me is because I'm at that level. But for most people, the problem is WordPress is that flea market and most, you know, intermediaries, agencies are using something that is a couple generations removed from today's solution and they're building their clients into Frankenstein monsters. Shopify, again, solves that problem because from the top down, their features are up to date. There's no confusion over what you get with Shopify. With WooCommerce, if you hire this agent, that agent, or the other agent versus taking the advice of Spence, you'll get four different results and four different outcomes. And so that's where people get really messed up on what the value proposition of WooCommerce is because there is no here it is version. And if you go to people, the people in our industry are all begging for some kind of consistency. Can we just agree that this is the feature of WooCommerce? And that hasn't happened yet, which we all talk about every week. So I, I will say that uh, Shopify stores are sometimes Frank and monsters. I've yeah. gone into some Shopify stores. We have one client that has a like fulfilled by Amazon system that's yeah. set up inside of Shopify. You have to do it through third-party plugins. And it is unstable and really hard to make work right. So it's yeah. not, so Shopify is also very possible to build something. No, it was the, I think that's a great point, Stephen. Because the, um, the API versus open source. Which yeah. sorry, Jonathan, but it's yeah. yeah. So that I was my that, that's been my experience. Go on, Vito. Sorry. Uh, I think that when it comes to WooCommerce, the they're kind of leaned into. What makes WordPress awesome, in my opinion, which is the flexibility of it. And that's why you're getting the same result or you're getting different results from every other person. It's just like it's 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 not science, it's art, you know. Um, so you can really come up with an infinite variations of the same type of solution. I need a shop. Um, but, uh, yeah, but this is, but this is the whole theater. Can I just add... But isn't this a golden opportunity where automatic through WordPress.com could have a hosted solution that, but then you would still have the flexibility of when you needed to customize it, you you, you had that. So it would be such a more appealing, more powerful solution than going to Shopify. And it, does, it just seems a totally a missed opportunity. They have it. So not, and by the way, not only they have it, there's a bunch of uh, hosts that are working on these types of solutions. Uh, some of them already out, some of them are going to be out. But um, but the, the point of it is that uh, um, WooCommerce as an open source solution is all about flexibility. That's the beauty of open source. And that's why it appeals to the people that are using it, uh, because you can tinker with it and play around and create something of your own. While this also can act as a base for these SaaS-like tools, um, 
you can build a Shopify on WooCommerce. You know, you just need to remove things rather than yeah. add stuff uh, uh, and then create that that flow and that experience. Um, I, I think that there is, a, there is a space for both of them. Um, there are other inherent problems for, uh, for from from the point of view of uh, a, of Shopify versus WooCommerce to to what what Stephen you were saying like when in the journey. So I think about this like that, and that's how we used to do this in the agency as well. It's kind of like when you start, don't start with WordPress. <laughs> you know, you start start with Wix, Shopify, Squarespace, whatever you're trying to create. You know. Um, I forgot the name of the of the LMS, the the the, the SaaS LMS uh, that is out there, right? But whatever the solution you're looking for, it's already out there, SaaSified, that you can get started in three to five steps. You're done. Um, then once you start seeing and um, like feeling the limit, feeling the pressure, starting to make money, and people are starting to ch- to tap into your revenue in percentage wise and all of those kind of things. That's the time to move to WooCommerce. Uh, so basically, there is there is this natural cycle in web design. You have a three-year cycle, um, and it's either you go bust or you you grow up. You grow up right after the after three years, and every three years you have these cycles. Uh, so the first cycle is SaaS. The second cycle is WooCommerce. Maybe even the third cycle. And from that point on, it goes custom, uh, goes Magento, goes um, whatever, you know, you can build your own stuff. But um, actually, this is a great place to be in because um, Shopify, they might have millions and millions and millions of shops that are not making $1, right? Uh, while in order for, because there is a learning curve, because there is there is cost involved with creating a WooCommerce website, then uh, you're actually getting actual businesses that are running actual things that can grow um, and are going into WordPress. They do other stuff with WordPress at the same time. So I think that this is a, and they grow with it uh, until it's too much, until the database can't handle it or the, uh, or, or there's too many Frankenstein kind of stuff like you were, you were mentioning, but that sweet spot I think is really, um, is really sweet for, for that type of industry. So while I love Rob and I I like, um, um, I like uh, his publication um, I don't think it's a really a valid argument because that's not really what they're set what it's set up to do. Um, I don't even think that WooCommerce mm-hmm. are thinking about it in that sense. Uh, I think that they understand that they are about flexibility and uh, and customizable. Yeah, I see where you're coming. So, John, so John, I I take a lot of what Vito have just said, and it was just it was just that in bit that Vito said that I really disagree and I lean more with Stephen and, and Sally really that I think it I just feel that automatic could have moved this on. I, I, I've got to be truthful John I think the attention the resources got it's got sucked into Gutenberg and it could have been more if the Gutenberg had gone more streamlined they could have focused a lot more on providing the best of both worlds, or is Vito right and I'm wrong, John? 
Or is it really great? <clears throat> I I really feel that they um they, they say that they, they are only making money with the WooCommerce like payments gateway, which is really weird to me because it seems to me that .org is outside of the VIP stuff is doing better and has like way more installs than the .com. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure like why WooCommerce wouldn't be their number one or number two product out of any of the products that they offer. Um, to me, that's the obvious. Uh, oh, but all the jetpack. We've been pushing all the uh, jetpack. Yeah, fetch ain't gonna happen. So, mm. yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm with Vito on a lot of that stuff. I I think that uh, WooCommerce offers the flexibility. If you're like a a large, you know, millions and millions of dollar company, then you might want to look at something like Magento. But I think Shopify is good to validate an idea. For a market, I think WooCommerce um, has more flexibility. It's a little bit, you know, it does take a developer to set it up. Um, but that that's more. Yeah, we got a comment here, which I I understand where they're coming from, but yeah, the present moment. But the reality, the comment is made that you know you got to have a very expensive server if you got a lot a reasonably large WooCommerce. Well, but the truth is, is that the cost of server, like Spencer's pointed out regularly, is plummeted. And that, that, that comment is just not accurate. I'm sorry. No, I don't I, know who that is, the anonymous user, but yeah. a typical WooCommerce user on our site, and again, Stephen is a, an authority in this, but like if we go to a Cloudways account, a Vulture four gigabyte account yeah. with high frequency, Object Cache Pro, everything else, runs 100 concurrent users, runs a WooCommerce store with automation. Perfectly fine, $46 a month. I'm yeah. sorry, if you have a professional website selling stuff and you can't spend $50 a month on that, then you really shouldn't be in business. That's the bottom line. It's like an ice cream store that doesn't want to pay for a freezer. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to drop, because I don't want this going on too long, but I want Wait, to... I have, I have one question yeah, quick on. for the panel. Has anybody heard from Brian Jackson? I've been here... Like, well, about three years ago, he made a promise that he'll never use WooCommerce again. And I'm just curious if anyone knows if he's I'm, he's I'm monitoring him for my I told you so moment. I'm going to plan a party. <laughs> when I, when uh, I catch him on WooCommerce, uh, I, I he's going to never hear the I've end got, of so, Brian's been nice to me. Uh, um, Listen, well, I'm not picking on the Facebook user, by the way. That was tongue in cheek. Your comment yeah. is well intended, and I think it's not wrong. But the difference is... You can't compare a SaaS product where you are a prisoner in a gilded cage to owning and controlling your own store and WordPress WooCommerce, where it is a humongous difference in your business model, your security, and otherwise to own and control your own WordPress site and all the customers. You go into Shopify or Wix or even like one of the Squarespace, you are basically giving yourself to that company forever. And if they have a bad day and turn you off, God bless you trying to start that over because you can't migrate that to something else. Where's yeah, I, 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 well, this, is the, this is a record. I, I agree with you again. Triple uh, um, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, um, I'm going to drop, um, if it's okay with the panel, I'm going to drop story four and I'm just going to go to story five. So WordPress 
blogs, competition, integrity, money, and reputation. This is from WP Mayor. Um, who to start off with? Um, Stephen, what did you what did you think of this one, Stephen? Uh, I I mean, if you're blogging and you're trying to make money. This is always a conflict. Like you got to support your sponsors. It's it's attention. There's ways to navigate it. There's bad ways to navigate it. Uh, I wish more people would do what like Delicious Brains does uh, with their blog. Like they have their plugins, they promote their plugins, but they post like quality content all the time. Um, and it's it's there to serve the purpose to to like be a uh, like a, a recognized expert in the WordPress yeah. industry, and they yeah. they. It makes a lot of sense and it works well, uh, but not. But there's people that just want to blog, and um, it's awesome, you know, that they're out there and writing content and stuff. And it's attention that you just have to navigate. If you don't have your own products that are your, you're selling inside of your blog, I guess. So, Vito, what did you gather from it? What insights? What kind of? I don't know if it did. We got any um, reflection on what you got from it? Yeah, I actually know what Mark was talking about from uh, from a bunch of different blogs and uh, that I worked with, that we sponsored, that we advertised in, and you know these kind of things that have been media partners in our events. Um, but uh, and, and there's really a, a few kind of ways to it. There are some blogs in the space uh, that are straight up just like a, you know clickbait type of blogs yeah. uh, that. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there to read or to consume uh, these types. This type of content, but I'm. I'm not, probably not the target audience. There's a bunch of small business owners uh, that are searching something online, and they yeah. get to them uh, and they find that thing. And you know, kudos to them. That's that's really cool. That that's what they're trying to do. I think that Mark with WP Mayor, what he is trying to do is he's looking at it more as an editorial type of uh, type of uh, exercise um, or. He started there, you know. He started with uh, theme reviews, plugin reviews, those kind of things, and uh, and starting to move over to editorial uh, opinions and things like that. Very much like um, uh, like Master WP are doing very well, uh, if I may say so. Uh, so uh, there's there's really different personalities to the or categories uh, that are happening in the space. Um, all in all, when it comes to to revenue, you you got you can't do these things without generating revenue, or else you're just gonna stop. You know, um, the, 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 it has to be monetized in some way to incentivize you to do more of it and to free up other stuff uh, uh, or to re- remove other stuff from your day so that you can focus and take it to the next level and things like that. So, Spencer. Um... This kind of affected me a little bit because I know Mark, he's been on the podcast, I respect him. And I kind of also, I I felt that he was, there was a little bit of where, you know, when you try and produce a quality product or you're trying to do it the right way, you've got all these new players and they're doing it. And I kind of shared it because I think, you know, I'm taped, you know, the podcasting side, which Matt, Matt Medeus commented on is totally undervalued by by a lot of people that I provide a platform for people I provide them to touch thousands of WordPress professionals and I have some very negative discussions with sponsors or potential sponsors that don't see 
how much work and time this all takes up because they just don't want to see it. But it, the market is the market. You know, in some ways, you just got to accept it. What, what's your own feelings about the whole beast? Um, as a veteran of WordPress since forever and being as old as sand, I have seen many times that while his points are valid, he's missing the bigger picture. The bigger picture is this. When you live long enough, you realize there will be people when you're younger that seem really stupid who are older than you because you see so clearly what they're doing wrong. And then as you get older, you realize there's more people younger than you that make you feel stupid because like, why didn't I think of that? And so there's a world we live in today where there are 25-year-olds where surveys say like three or four of them think they're going to make their living in the future being social media influencers because all their friends are making a million dollars a month making TikTok or, you know, YouTube shorts videos. In the WordPress space, let's be honest with ourselves. Until the algorithm changes and then you've got, you know, Kim Kardashian wailing. Again, the point is... You and I can do examples from the 80s and the 70s of like all the stuff that was a big deal then, like pinball machines and stuff, but like shit changes. So in WordPress right now, there's three, count them three ways to make money by publishing stuff. A, you do a newsletter like WP Weekly, sponsored, but in a format that is quick and easy to consume and useful. Number two, drama. Master WP is a drama machine. Well, so am I. Sponsored. 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 But on, but on I the king number, of drama? On I on, the king of number, drama? Number three is education with an upsell. Now, if you don't want to do the upsell, sponsored. But for example, here's my new system on how to do blah, 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 blah. It's free. Give me your email. And then the sponsors pay you to collect the emails. Or you say, it's just $27 one time. Like, you know, get our new workshop. Mark's problem is he's living in this, like, nostalgic viewpoint, in my opinion, of like, Mm. remember the days when we all just used to love reading blogs because it was so fun and everything? Yeah, I also remember Macromedia Dreamweaver and Adobe (laughs) Flash, and I remember dial-up modems, but that world is no longer here. So you either do it because you love it, or if you're making money, the the model today is sponsored. Now, my orient to this was when I did with Dennis Traveras, the first web designer. Dennis had a blog, first web designer, was getting 4 million views a month from guys in the Philippines who had not two nickels to rub together, but were looking for how do I do this and that to be a service provider for website owners. And in the process, we came up with the idea of doing 1WD TV. Dynas was making a half a million dollars a year from paid banner ads because of the volume of traffic. And, you know, they would have uh, intermediaries who would sell the ads on the space. That model evolved because of the competition. But where we started to make money was then on doing the upsell to go over and learn how to do this WordPress thing for $47.95 a month. But the bottom line was there was never a moment in time when just magically money fell from the sky for no reason. It always had a connection to who's going to give you money. Is it the end user or is it the person who wants the attention of the end user? And that's capitalism. Ta-da. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. So, John, I think, you know... But, you know, it's just you've got to accept that um, if somebody spent a lot of time building an audience and 
it's the first time, you know, Spain produced 750 shows and you're sharing their audience and they've spent seven years building a certain type of audience. And you, um, I've had, I've had sponsors that if, because they haven't had a total return on their first month investment with me, that they, that they started giving me aggro. And I've always been polite, but I really wanted to tell them to go fuck off. Uh, um, you know, it's a, but I suppose... But that I sounds do, like an expectation management problem. It's because you're not connecting. See, you and I have talked of this, and you have one thing in, of huge value, and I'll just be public about it. You have the value of credibility, which is a currency that you can spend in a different way than the immediate cash of somebody giving you money. For example... When you go to a WordCamp US, everybody, good or bad, knows who you are. If you want to tell new companies you're doing business with, I know everyone in WordPress, you legitimately have a video of almost everybody who's anybody as a guest. Well, I do know That's everybody in WordPress. Mark is talking about something different. See, yeah. in my view of yeah, it, it in WordPress, it's who you know, what you know, and then connect the money. But it's not always a direct connection. He's just sort of bewildered of... Why is the yeah. money falling from the sky? But you know what he could do? I haven't heard from Mark in public in a million years. No, Why doesn't Mark get on the tavern? Because, like, look at Sarah. Sarah is... Well, I've, I've got insight in there. Sarah does not have a financial motive, but clearly she's being paid a salary, right? So she shows up and does her job. If Mark wants to use his influence as somebody with WP Mayer, which has a great brand, he needs to go hustle his brand and sell the fact that he's been around. Yeah, but I've got insight. I've got insight into that. I want to share it with John and get his thought. Um, I've got insight into that because you've got a good point there, Spencer, is it's a bit like what something that Rob Rowling said on his podcast about a while ago that stayed in my mind. And it was about um, the problem with Mark and WP because they tried to build plugins. Well, because when he came on my podcast, he said, "Well, my focus is no longer WP Mayor; it's the it's the plugins." And I felt, and that's why you're not getting the result because you're you you were trying to be two things at once, and that's what Rob Rowling pointed out. He said, "You got to find a happy balance." But if you if you become too much of a media company. And you don't concentrate on your pro your product, your plugin, your SaaS, you're taking your attention off the main dance, the main reason. And that's pro problematic. That that can lead to neither things working out. So what do you reckon, John? Do you reckon there's anything in what I've just said? That ties into uh what I was originally gonna say, and that is momentum is a big, big factor when it comes to any type of publication. But in WordPress or anything to do with the web, you know, our sector. Um, if, you know, there are all kinds of blogs that used to exist, like WP Candy, that were big at one point, and now they are graveyards. Um, like... Right now, Master WP has momentum in our community. Uh, I, I think the Tonic 
uh, the Friday shows for sure have uh, a little bit of momentum. Uh, Matt Medeiros with the WP Minute has some momentum. You have to keep publishing where people forget who you are. And well, I think I'm not being disparaging to WP yeah. Mayor or to Mark because I no. respect both. I respect them too. But the truth is, it's boring. I've got yeah, to be honest. You know, it's a little bit. It's a little bit where Master WP they've they've chosen. It's a bit edgy and they, it's opinionated. I don't think, unlike what we discussed at the start of this panel show with what the tavern did last week, which I feel, and that's this is coming from me, yeah. from me, I thought was a bit out of order myself. Um, but I think. Master WP have got the right balance. It's edgy without being that line. I'll, I'll, I'll if you tell know you, what I'll, I mean. Well, I'll it tell has, you what. It's oozing personality. That's like yes, everything. Yes, it is personality. And, and here's the other part of it, too, that people don't talk about is I'm hearing new perspectives and, and new voices that haven't been heard in our community. And that's interesting to me, because it's it's not the same people that I've been hearing since 2014. So it's there is something to that where they're actually handing the microphone and handing a platform to different people. So I I think that that has something uh, going for it too. Uh, Can I tie that together with like look at post status, look at tavern, look at Master WP. First of all, Master WP, a diverse crowd, colors, sex, gender, whatever, everybody from anywhere with really interesting opinions. Two, they are a drama publication, okay? They are the national inquirer of the WordPress community, but with factual... Oh, no, I am. I am. But now... Come off it, Spencer. I am. But you have to be a British tabloid. This show has its own... I'm the son of WordPress. There you are. If you look at an analysis. Now, Sarah, by herself, has a really good brand. If somebody at the top was brave enough, they could fill the tavern with... A, a, a diverse array of people who actually spoke the truth and said shit that was not necessarily promoting Matt and his agenda, and that would become equally popular, if not more so. Finally, look at post status. Post status has a few edgy characters like Dan Knaus, but for the most part, it's just a candy-coated shell of double speak for Matt and everything it just is 100% well, it is until the, but it's linked to story one which I honestly I'm not trying and, to be and, and, horrible but I could I considered it slander article one is, we discussed I considered it slander look at look at the bottom line if you had 20 minutes to spend okay can any of us honestly say Oh, I can't wait to go read another WordPress tutorial or another article about WordPress. The only reason you go to WP Master WP is it's like, look who stuck their foot into the toilet today, right? That's because <laughs> WordPress by itself is not infotainment. It's boring. It's, it's interesting, honest commentary, I, I and, I, and hopefully that's hopefully what I provide on this Friday show. Um, sometimes I have pushed it. I have started swearing. I've had a go at 
So in, but I haven't done it. Stuck his foot in the toilet. You know, I mean, but really, it's like you stumbled into the bathroom like, ah! Because at the end of the day, the shows that do well are in a pod... By the way, Jonathan, here's the thing you get going for it. I've spoken to Matt Medeiros and I published on WP Minute. Matt has a quality show, but the problem is the format is not necessarily one that you're going to listen to in the car or while you're jogging or on a podcast. This show has a smaller audience, but the people who listen, I would venture to say, listen while they're doing something else for like, oh, here comes a zinger or something that will make me laugh. The other stuff that you have to read is either I got a problem that I have to solve for a client, so I'm doing a tutorial, or forget about it, because the only thing that would draw you in would be Master WP. Well, no, I'm, I'm the Murdoch of WordPress. I have my Thursday show, which is my Times yeah, but that's publication. The like, and then I have my Friday or, you know. show, which is my News of the World Sun show. It's the same point. The, the fact that you can no. listen to your show with an interview of somebody while you're walking or jogging or biking or riding, that's not the same as you wouldn't go read the transcript of any of these shows. Like, and, and so the point I'm saying is we live in a media-rich space where there's an infinite array of things to choose from. The only way to make money in publishing and WordPress is either have sponsors who want to get to the people's eyeballs for some reason or put stuff out there that's interesting in itself, but that's because it's dramatic. People get all dopamine laced up on this stuff. Yeah, but funny. just to finish off, panel, we go to the recommendations in a second. The only thing that it's all, this is why I wanted to jump to this story because it, I see it's strongly linked to story one is, and I like to see patterns. I just, it, I just found that story that was published in the tavern so surprising because of its severity and, and how it, in my, I, I repeat, I've repeated it, it's been the third and final time that it was slander. It literally, um, I would actually, if they wrote it down, it was libel. Yeah. Um, sorry, I got my thing. Um, Thank you for correcting me there. Uh, um, um, it's I, I would not have gone down that road. I wouldn't have touched it with a barge pole. And that's coming from me. That's coming from me. This, this uh, they keep saying, like, this guy claims, you know, this guy claimed, yeah. this guy claimed. Yeah, well, that's what I do when I get onto really dicey territory. Which Spencer wants to listen. I, I you want to you want to do that as well, Spencer. That would you be know it, like okay. So in San Diego, there's there's I'm going to be there, and there's going to be a lot of people that haven't had a chance to see each other. I was talking to one of my colleagues about whether to invite Matt and a bunch of the other automatic people to a, an event, and one of the things that came up was, "We what would I say to Matt if I met him in person?" And one of the things I would say to him in person would be, "Matt." You have such great credibility. You have such great like value from all of us being grateful you got us here. Why aren't you brave enough to let .org be what it needs to be? Including, why aren't you brave enough to mandate from the top down that you put a budget to allow Sarah to offer $300 like Rob did for articles from other people on the tavern or hire people on? Why aren't you brave enough to allow a shit face like me to publish there? Because everybody else allows me to say my piece. Because it seems to me that that's the thing everybody sees right up front now is that if a publication is not being honest to its readers and it's a mouthpiece for automatic, 
no reason to listen to it. And no offense, that's what I think post-status does. It's just a mouthpiece for automatic. And yet at the same time, Rob has gotten such traction because of his transparency and honesty and like talking the way everybody thinks. At the end of the day, most of us just go on and close the computer and yeah, go on. With I, had a choice, I had a choice with this podcast. I could either choose just to go and I chose to be edgy and I'm prepared to take the consequences. And the there are some people that won't sponsor this show because of, of the edginess. There's others that have been happy to sponsor it. It is what it is. You choose your road and you've got to accept the consequences that come with it. Right, let's go with our recommendations. And, and the guest panelists, if you could email me your recommendations, um, that would be helpful. Stephen and Vito. Um, so I'm going to plug, I'm going to be outraged. I'm plugging my own summit, listeners and viewers, the Membership Success Summit. we got Pat Flynn, we got Spencer, what more, could, what accommodation? we got Walton, got Rob Rowling. We have to say that we've got a star selection of speakers on a two-day free summit at the end of this month is an understatement of the year. And it's all free. Um, we're going to be talking about how you help somebody or set up yourself a membership website, how you set up a successful business. It's just going to be fab, 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 fab. And you just go over to the membership success summit.com and you sign up and you can join us live. Me, um, Andrew, um, Spencer, and some just great experts. So please join us. That'd be fantastic. So, Vito, what's your recommendation? So today I want to uh, recommend a company called Rocket.com. Are you not going to recommend the, mem the Membership Success Summit? Of course. That's, I'm, <laughs> I'm recommending this on my newsletter as we speak. Thank uh, you so much. It is appreciated. Um, but uh, for the show, just because you already did, I'm going to go with Rocket.net, uh, which is... Um, a kind of an up and coming uh, hosting managed hosting company um on their their h1 on the website is the world's fastest wordpress hosting and i think that might raise a few eyebrows <laughs> that's the I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure there will be some people arguing with it yes but i checked <laughs> and it's true as far as i'm concerned um and um and that's why i'm happy to recommend them today I haven't, I've been on us on, um, as a company, we've been using the same host for since day one, since user one, which is me until user 10,000 now. Uh, and then, um, uh, and after three and a half years, we migrated our server this week uh, to these guys. And it was just an amazing experience just working with the team over there. We have a really complex website, a bunch of custom cookies and, and scripts and all of those kind of weird stuff. And uh, they just did it all uh, with us uh, um, on a Slack channel, dedicated Slack channel, very minimal downtime. And we got up there and straight away we can see like a huge uh, speed speed boost 
even though we were on another hosting company that says that they are the fastest one uh, in the space. Oh, well, you uh, don't know what speed is until you come to, <laughs> until you uh, come to so WP. Yeah, it's amazing and uh, definitely recommended to check. Affordable and incredible. Yeah. So, um, Stephen, what's your recommendation of the week? Oh, you're muted again, Stephen. You, you... Sorry about that. Uh, I'm just going to plug myself. Uh, I'm going to be at uh, WordCamp. It's my first WordCamp ever. So if you're there, reach out to me. We'd love to meet people, make friends. My Twitter is at Stephen SAU, the first three letters I've of my last got, name. So I've got a special link. I've, I've got a special link to the coffee in the I'm meeting everybody there actually um, I will send it to you and we have to meet up and have a coffee on me Stephen oh hey uh, um, so um, <laughs> he's well you're your bloody party there'll be a not, picture not, of us finally in person instead of virtual yeah, after 15 years to meet you, Spence. <laughs> I know we've had our headbutts. I've known right. you almost as long as anyone WordPress and never met you in person. <laughs> it's very strange, isn't it? I know you so well. Even I met Jonathan in person. Right? I mean, seriously. <laughs> and he's still, he still come on the show. Just shows yeah. you. I, so. I needed a few months break, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I totally understand, actually. <laughs> I know I'm a monster. Uh, um, so, Spencer... Got your recommendation. I want to talk about uh, a, a solution that many people will be pleasantly surprised to hear about. And it's a client of mine, but also somebody who's really well known in the space and also is a victim of this WooCommerce uh, shenanigans to some degree. So I many years ago stopped recommending PayPal cold turkey because of how well Stripe handles things as a gateway, especially for WooCommerce. And if the end user, the store owner, it's a pain in the ass to have two different gateways and all the complications of the legacy PayPal stuff. I'm not saying it's 100% sure, but I'd say it's 99.9% sure. And through the PayPal for WooCommerce gateway, which is completely free gateway for WooCommerce, PayPal now has a new system that with this plugin, you press one button and you can take PayPal and credit cards. And with the credit cards, your effective rate is 2.69% plus, I think it's 40 something cents per transaction. But the point is, on a high volume site, you're at or lower than the cost of Stripe, but you get an all in one plus one button installation experience that again, uh, Drew Angel is, is the founder. He's built an amazing audience of plugin. He's been around for years. WooCommerce put their thumb on him. So you have to go directly to his website to get the plugin because they had him forcibly removed in handcuffs from the repository because he's so directly competing with the WooCommerce uh, gateway plugin. And I'm not saying this as a joke. I'm saying it as a factual no, no, thing. I'd, so uh, I would definitely yeah. check this out because I'm going to be doing videos on this. This is the first time that I would even bother again with PayPal because it's actually quite clever how with the other things of WooCommerce, you can selectively offer one or the other or both. And I'm not dropping Stripe at all. But it means that PayPal becomes now an actual, um, you know, competitor again. One of the things that's interesting is that Drew makes his money, full disclosure, because he's a partner of whatever the thing PayPal is offering. So they give him, through his plugin, an effective lower rate so he can pass along the savings and still make a little percentage on every right. transaction. Right. So, Stephen, how's the support 
emails going because we can hear your keyboard it's like thunder mate oh uh, man sorry i gotta i gotta bounce i have another meeting at one here oh, so he's, he's got bored he's see got in california bored. apologies apologies oh, for that all right yeah, see you guys yeah see you there see you guys bye uh, sally um what's your recommendation i actually uh uh, uh was, uh, uh, I am the person who is so geeky. I think that having a hat that says WP head is just awesome. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 leaving, uh, leave aside the, the whole adventure building the store. I actually think the merch is hilarious. Uh, and, uh, so if, if you like, uh, geeky WordPress puns, um, uh, go get yourself, uh, a, a, an ad filter mug, uh, or a WP head hat, uh, over, at uh, the Master WP store. Superb. We'll make sure your link's in Slack panel, apart from Vita that needs to email me. Um, John, what's your recommendation? Okay, so I, I first came part. across this plugin. I was, like I said, at the beginning of the show. I was in a forum, and I saw somebody in our community bashing this uh, plugin. So, and uh, for no reason, I guess. Uh, but this is ACPT, and it, it does appear to be a competitor to ACF, but they uh, are slightly different. This is uh, by a developer, Maro, who is living in Italy. And some of the things that are in progress right now are... Uh, Divi integration, which should be uh, hooked up in a couple months. Bricks integration. And then on the roadmap, integration with generate blocks, oxygen, Zion Builder, and more. And Elementor Pro and Visual Composer and Beaver Builder. So wow. I would encourage you to go check this out. Uh, how, because how big is the team? God. No, that's just in the roadmap. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but... You know, it's it's good to have competition and it's good to have alternatives. That's what makes our community stronger. That's what makes well, that, that's it, the yes, I mean, it, it, it's uh, it, given the name and, and what shows up, you know, immediately when you go to the uh, to the site, they're promoting themselves as, uh, uh, you know, a way to uh, build and integrate custom post types. And presumably yeah. with the custom fields added and so on. And, you know, uh, on the one hand, that exists and it's called pods. Um, right. uh, 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 and it's been struggling despite having a few uh, sponsors. And so, I mean, we'll see where it goes and how it goes. We'll see because, where it goes. Yeah, yep. it's, you know, it seems worth trying. Uh, uh, but uh, it also, it's like once you create a custom post type, you don't usually need a lot of code sitting around that, that said, here we created a, here's how we created the custom post type. I, I mean, guess that's it, true. There, there, you know, you go over to uh, uh, generate WP. You, well, you thanks, for that, Sally. Um, thanks for that, Sally. Thanks for that, Sally. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, panel, thank you for another great show. It's been really interesting, a great, insightful discussion. I do appreciate you coming on the show and your sponsorship and support. We're we're going to be doing a live show next week at WordCamp US. 
I've got a media room. Hopefully, Spencer, Chris Badger and his team um, will be joining us live in the media room, so it won't be noisy. Plus, Sally, John and anybody, the guests will be joining us remotely. It should be a, a really fun show. should be a laugh. And hopefully you can join us next week and see what is said semi-live and remotely on this rag of a WordPress podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.